Hello everyone, welcome to the third episode of the Leading to Success podcast. I am the host Sean Cooper and I'm with my co-host Jake Swinburne. Hey everyone. Today's episode is about applying for the Flying Start. We will catch up with Flying Start graduate Izzy Paul, who finished the course in 2020 and ask her why she chose to apply for the Flying Start and what has she been doing since completing the course. We will also be talking about the summit of our English phase, which is the Tattersall's Fall of Mare Sales, in which Freddie McKibben, Tattersall's auctioneer, will be joining us to speak about. All right, Jake, we're now back in your home country, uh, so why don't you give us a quick brief of what we've been doing so far? Yeah, well, um, since the last episode, uh, we, uh, we're in England now, in Newmarket, fortunately a, a nice place where I, where, where I grew up, so hopefully I can show my fellow trainees around the place and they can embrace just the great place that it is and particularly for for horses which which dovetails very well with the the course that we're on um so since yeah we we ended up in we ended Ireland with our conference on the Irish derby which I think went very well and then the day after that flew over to England and uh, I think everyone settled in very nicely to to our surroundings at Dalham Hall um where we've got to see the amazing stallion roster there, um, the likes of Palace Pier, Cracksman, and the two new stallions for this year, for 2024, um, Triple Time and Modern Games, who are very exciting. Uh, and then also, I think a highlight for lots of the people in the group was getting to see how great Dabawi looks and uh, what a, just what a great sire he is. And uh, I'm sure everyone was very excited and, and uh, just great to see him, really. Um, and obviously, with Newmarket being such a hub of racing, we, we, we've been able to go around some other farms and getting to go up to Jodmont and see Frankel in the flesh was um, was really was really cool. For I know a lot of the uh, a lot of our colleagues on the course uh, really enjoyed that day. Um, and then also catching up with some past graduates of the course, uh, we got to go up to the National Stud and get a lecture from Joe Bradley. Uh, and, and and see a couple of their stallions. Um, it was really great to see their their new stallion for twenty twenty four, Muta Sarbek, who hopefully um, hopefully will will um, be very successful for the national stud. Um, and then we also went up to Wellingborough to visit Weatherby's, uh, a nice day organised by another graduate, James McHale, and um, you know just the depth of knowledge of the British industry that that, that they have, um, and all the information they got to share was um was really appreciated and i think the whole the whole team the whole team learned a lot from that trip and i think meeting a lot of these past graduates of the course um it's been really great definitely seeing a lot of their success was a huge motivating factor for me to ap- apply for the course um and on the topic of applications like how how did you go about applying then Sean yeah, so I decided to apply for the Godolphin Flying Start course around this time last year. Um, I was doing my internship um, at Tattersall's, which was a great experience and was learning a lot about bloodstock very, very quickly. Um, but I decided that I still, I still had to so much to learn. Um, I didn't know that I had sort of the experience under my belt to uh, meet the criteria for the course, um, such as like I had international experience in South Africa, working for a Claverflay stud, um, where the great twice over stands now. And uh, I'd also done the Irish National Stud course, which was a great experience. And I felt that I gained 
a lot from it. So I decided that like another learning opportunity never goes amiss and uh, met some really nice people. And that was sort of the aim of this course as well. I also had my degree in uh, politics and history from University College Dublin. And uh, as said, it was coming up to this time of year um, where the application process was starting to begin um, December 1st, which is actually what it is this year as well. And um, well, I think that's sort of enough for me. Um, I think it's time to bring on our first guest of the podcast, uh, who is Izzy Paul. Right. Well, Izzy, um, nice to have you here. Thanks for coming along. Um, graduate of the class of 2020. Must seem like a, a, a while ago now, but um, what made you want to apply for the, the Flying Start all, all that time ago? Yeah. Um, thank you very much for having me. Great to, great to be back in the avenue. Um, what made me want to apply for Flying Start? Well, you know, it's, it's one of the best courses in, in the world of its kind, um, in kind of any industry, I think. And I was keen, um, I've always loved travelling, and I was keen to see different bits of the industry in, in different jurisdictions and felt quite passionately about the industry, and there's, and there's nothing else like it. So, you know, as an opportunity, it's, it's absolutely huge. And um, getting, getting to see different aspects of the industry and how it works in different jurisdictions, I think, is incredibly important wherever, whichever aspect of racing you end up in. Um, and it's just a fantastic way to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you sort of probably got the idea, you heard about the course. Like, how, how did you go about getting yourself you know, in the best possible position to apply and you know, give yourself the best opportunity of, of getting on the course once you knew that's what you wanted to do? Um, I think I was probably a bit naive about it, actually. I, um, I was working for David and Jenny Simcock at the time, which was great. I was loving that. Um, and I was sort of started to do kind of a bit of an assistant head lad role for them, which I think that kind of little bit of management experience definitely helped. But I had absolutely zero experience on the stud side. And, and whenever people ask me what they should do, I always say, you know, make sure you've got kind of a little bit of everything and you've done a bit of stud stuff and you've done a bit of training. But in reality, I actually hadn't done any of that. So I, I was quite lucky to get on, I think. Um, but yeah, I think my advice to people would be definitely do as much as you can, but I probably didn't heed that myself. <laughs> and, and, and did you have like a, I mean, I think some some of us, people come in open-minded, like, did you think you were quite focused or you just embracing the, what, what was to come a little bit? I was quite focused and actually Joe Osborne said to me, maybe try not to be quite so single-minded in what I wanted to do and kind of keep an open mind about other avenues, which was a great piece of advice actually. Um, and just going back to that other question, I had spoken to quite a few Flying Start graduates and I think that's massive when you're applying, just just getting their opinion and a bit of a sounding board and, and just chatting to whoever it might be um, can be really, really helpful. So that's same as me. I ran into Izzy and that's sort of how, <laughs> how, I, how I got my, the ball rolling. So here we are. Uh, that's a funny one. Um, and so I suppose you're gone through your racing experience like any other parts of school and things like that 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 you think like helps you get into the position you are now and 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 get ready for the flying start um I mean so I'd done an English literature degree at at York Uni um and I'd spent a bit of time I'd spent quite a lot of time abroad in different and sort of different bits and pieces I'd done a ski season so I'd sort of traveled quite a bit 
um, I remember in my interview, they asked me a question about um, how I would feel being away from home for long periods of time. And actually, although it hadn't been in horses, I'd done sort of a couple of months, like a couple of months in South America when I was 18. And then I'd done a ski season and I'd done trips in Africa. So I think that kind of, although it wasn't racing based, that global experience definitely helped. And, and my degree was quite an academic one, which I think, you know, it's not, it's definitely not the be all and end all, but it does make the academic side of, of flying start easier if you have that, that decent base. Yeah, and uh, so you're working for William Haggis now, um, in charge of a lot of people. So what sort of skill sets do you think you picked up um, whilst doing your time on the course and uh, maybe a few other things that you learned in the two years that you're on it? Um, I think definitely, you know, you get to see a lot of different operations and how they work. Um, and that gives you a really good grasp of kind of not saying I'm the perfect manager by any stretch of the imagination but it gives you a good grasp of kind of what to do and what not to do and and actually sometimes it's you kind of go into somewhere and you think oh my god that's terrible um and and it and it gives you a really good insight of how you don't want to behave which I think can be as useful as 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 the reverse so um that side of it from a management perspective definitely and and also just seeing, you know, it's a, we're a big training operation and being able to bring different aspects of different jurisdictions into my job is really, really helpful. Um, and I think probably the, the biggest thing for me was obviously, I, I, anyone who doesn't know me wouldn't know this, but I do the Australia trips for my boss and I knew people in Australia. And as silly as that sounds, it made a huge difference the first year I went down. Um, just being able to kind of reach out to people if you needed someone to lead one up or, you know, just have Anna Power was my year. So be able to call her and have a chat or go for dinner with her, you know, and so you're not as isolated. Um, and and I think there's nothing there's nothing that could have prepared me for that as well um, as, as Flying Start did. So I'll be forever grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. Some of the uh, experiences that we get to have on this course and sort of in all different parts of the world um, you get to learn so much and meet new people which definitely helps on the way and I guess like you sort of already talked a bit already but um, obviously you now work for William Haggis and um, I guess nearly one of the most important things about doing the course is getting that job afterwards so how did you go about using the flying start to get that job at William Haggis and um I guess, like, are you enjoying it? And, <laughs> like, uh, are you enjoying being, like, sort of in that assistant role of... Part of such a successful team, of yeah. such a successful team, yeah. Especially the last two years. <laughs> yeah, the whole lot. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's great. So I, I had contacted the boss um, kind of quite far in advance before I graduated. I kind of knew I wanted to come back to Newmarket. We were in the middle of COVID, which was all a bit com complex, made it slightly trickier, but... Um, yeah, just reached out to him and, and he was he was kind enough to meet with me and I kind of explained what I wanted to do. And I think Flying Start gives you that confidence, particularly to go into somewhere and say, look, this is what I want to do. I want to come and work for you. What are my options? You know, and, and at the time, Harry Eustace was still there, who was a friend of mine, and, and he was sort of leaving to set up training. So I, I kind of knew there would be some sort of opening, but I didn't know where it would be and and it kind of all just played it panned out perfectly basically I was I was very very lucky and I was lucky that they'd have me but 
Market you know, research. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a well-respected course that, you know, when I said to the boss, you know, I'm, I'm graduating on, I think it was the 1st of July, and I started two days later. He sort of rang Cloder and, and, and all of that definitely definitely worked in my favor um but yeah that's sort of how I went about the job and and I love it it's great you know um by the last two years was just a roller coaster it was like amazing <laughs> um and a Dave as well has was just such a star and and I'm lucky that I get to do the Aussie trip so then we've had Dubai Honor um we won two group ones down there this year and I ride him as well so it's it's been it's been incredible and and like even though we've sort of probably had a slightly slower season than the last few years but it was always going to be hard coming off the back of Baye but you know we've still had three group one winners internationally and over 140 winners in total so you know being part of that is so exciting um and there's always runners and there's always stuff going on to look forward to so yeah I love it and um yeah started two days after the course finished and I've been there for three and a half years now just yeah just shows sort of the the caliber of the caliber of the people that come off the course and you're you're definitely an example of one of those um we got the 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 deadline that December the first is the the opening of applications, and I just thought like maybe from your experience, and I'm sure you've spoke to a lot of other people who have applied since you you graduated. Like, what would you what would you say to someone who's thinking about applying and how to go about it, and just if they're in any doubt or just a bit of advice? Um, I mean, just definitely talk to as many graduates as you can, and and reach out to people, send people emails, and whatever. I think all the graduates' emails are on the Flying Start website. Um, reach out to Cloder, who runs the course; she's amazing, um, and and will always kind of give you some helpful advice, and and just try and get as much experience and and follow the industry as much as you can you know watch racing read the tdn listen to the nick luck nick luck daily because it's all stuff that that ties leading in to success podcast the yeah. leading to success <laughs> podcast yeah you know if you're listening to this then you're Good in the start. right place <laughs> yeah um and talk to the guys who are on it at the moment because you know they're the people that have done it and i think they're the ones that you're going to kind of gain the most insight from um but yeah definitely do it because there's there's nothing else like it and um and it's it's a pretty special thing to be a part of yeah and the the whole the whole network afterwards is it's great and you know hopefully it'll be with us three anyway for the rest of our lives sort of just a great experience we've we've almost been able to share just throughout throughout this great opportunity that, that we're given but um i won't take up any more of your time thank you very much for coming Izzy. it's been it's been great to catch up and see you around uh, see you around new market in the next in the, in the coming weeks yeah perfect yeah. thank you very much guys thanks thank for having me you. thank you very much <laughs> that was great hearing from izzy paul um I thought she spoke really well and uh she made an interesting point that you already knew her jake and uh how um, you sort of mentioned that she was one of your inspirations for applying for the course. Um, so I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that and uh, your connection with Izzy. Yeah, so, um, you know, it was quite a funny one. Um, I was working at the sales in must have been about 2018, I think, and just through a blog occasion I was working for at the time, I, uh, I met Izzy and she mentioned that she was on this course and sort of told me it might be something I'd be interested in and sort of relayed, as she, as she did there, a little bit about how, how to maybe go about preparing yourself to do that uh, to, to get onto the course and I was always going to university so um, went to university studied sports science and business and 
uh, which, which ties in quite nicely to, to some of the stuff that we've been up to on, on the academic side of the course. Um, and then also just try to get as much experience under my belt and just made sure in university holidays, it was a little bit different, difficult at times with, uh, with COVID, but uh, managed to just get into the yards around town, um, worked for William Haggis, went away, worked for, for Rafe Beckett for a summer, and also um, also with a, with, a, with a form man named Michael Haggis, who uh, I learned a lot from, and it was just sort of seeing the end product of nearly training racehorses where the entries are made, and it was statistical in areas, and, you know, in, in the British industry, a lot of it's feel as well. Um, and that was something I was really interested in, and, and it was just sort of ironic that I'm sitting here now speaking to Izzy when it was sort of at the December sales for five years ago that uh she sort of planted the idea in my head and you know next week we're going to be um in the same position as she was when I when I first met her going around with our agents and uh, I suppose that that leads on nicely to our next guest um Freddie McKibben who will hopefully be sharing with us a a bit about what we're going to be seeing at Taps and in Park Paddocks next week so uh let's uh let's hear from Freddie. Right, well, we're here with Freddie. Um, I mean, what, what, why don't you kick it off? Just tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up in your role at Park Paddocks. Yes, yeah, so hi, Jake. Hi, Sean. Been with Tattersalls for four years now. I'm now a bloodstock executive and auctioneer. Uh, but before that, started work with Simon Crisford after school. Spent a year with him as a pupil assistant. And he, he gave me some good advice helped me get onto the Irish National Stud course, which was pivotal in seeing what happens on the breeding side of the industry. Uh, from there, I went to Arrowfield Stud and worked a yearling prep. I also worked with Paul Massara at his training base uh, for a few months as well. So it was good to see you know, that side of the industry out in Australia, a different jurisdiction. And after that, I applied for the Tatsels internship, which I luckily got. And here we are today, yes, a full, full-time member of staff at Tatsels. Mm. Um, and you mentioned there that you're, uh, you're an auctioneer that's kind of you've not been on the roster in foot for too long, but uh, how, how do you find yourself getting, getting into that role? Yeah, it's been two years now. I debuted at the August sale back in 2021, and I, I really have Ollie Falston to thank for that. Whilst I was, I was the intern, he... He basically came up to me and said, Freddie, would, would, you, would you like to give auctioneering a go? And I'd never thought about being an auctioneer up until that point. And I, I think it's quite funny looking back on it and, and being part of an auction house. It was never an ambition to auctioneer. But um, the more I thought about it, the more I warmed to the idea. And Ollie sent me a load of tapes of, of different auctioneers, Edmund Marnie, John O'Kelly, and said, have a listen to these guys in action and uh, really, really listen to them and start practicing yourself. And first that starts with you know, the patter and then the introduction and how, how you're going to finish. And once you bring that all together and it took a year, it took a year for it to all come together. And uh, Ollie, Ollie then said, right, you're ready to go up with Edmund. Edmund vetted me. And yeah, now I'm, now I'm on the rostrum. But um, as, you guys, as you guys found out the other day, getting up there on the rostrum is, is quite intimidating and daunting and uh, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, but uh, now, now up there as a, as a part of the roster and, and really enjoying it. Yeah, you touched on there. We, uh, we were taking on an interesting experience as a group. We uh, all got to have a go on the rostrum and, and really learn how talented a lot of these guys are when, when it comes to crunch. Um, um, so yeah, as you said, it's been about 
what four 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 five years now at Tattles and like not just on the auctioneering side but but maybe it could be but any any particular highlights since since you've been there or yeah this highlight would have to be auctioneering the sale of I'm a gambler in the autumn horse and training sale of 2022 so yes last year uh, sold for Kingsley Park uh, sold to Red Baron and um, no it was it was some moment on the roster and we thought the horse might make four. 425 mm-hmm. and Charlie said he'd be really happy with that figure anyway we get over 500 600 roll on to 700 and end on 850 and there's actually a funny video on social media of me taking the bids and I think you can see how surprised I am maybe not too professional but um but a very enjoyable moment and, and a highlight that sticks out in my mind Perhaps testament to your to your ability. Um, there oh, we I'm go. not. I'm not too sure. We had two. We had two bidders going, and and once you've got two, it's not my choice when they stop. Let, let it roll. Um, so obviously we're coming up to a busy busy period with the December sales. Why don't you just talk to us about the exciting scepter sessions that we we're going to be seeing at the the mayor sales? Yes. Yeah, so the scepter sessions now in their second year. A huge success last year and um, we thought as a company it would be great to showcase high-class fillies and fillies and mares and that's what the scepter sessions about and we'll spend we'll spend all year preparing the sessions I'll keep a a target list of fillies and training and mares that are producing stakes performers and we'll go through that list as a bloodstock department and we'll start chasing these fillies and mares and giving them incentives as to why they want to come to the sale especially the scepter sessions Um, you'll see in the catalogue there is a highlighted section with media a comment and then on the website as well Um, so yeah basically we, we, we target these fillies and mares and try and give them a reason as to why they want to come and sell with tattersalls and and not as another competitor or not sell privately um that's a that's a big job uh, we're getting in touch with these owners, speaking to them a lot, getting feedback from them as well, and it's a it's a bloodstock, um, it's a bloodstock department and marketing department responsibility to make sure that we're not leaving any stone unturned. Uh, you'll see from the set to sessions this year and last year, no, that they're, they're serious. No, they're serious. Uh, I'm I'm very excited. We're all going to be around there with um, over the next two weeks with the accompanying some agents and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the likes of Prosperous Voyage go through the ring, Relief Rally, um, any particular any particular mares and fillies that you're looking forward to see uh, ready? Yeah, no, like you say, Lazoo and Prosperous Voyage are definitely going to be two highlights. We have Cache, we have Via Sestina. A few of my personal highlights would be the mare that's just been wild carded into the set session, uh, Kenzie, the dam of Sealaway and Sunway, the recent Group 1 winner in France for David Menwizier. She's exciting. She's in Folter Zarak. Another one, Get Ahead, a half to Chaldine. She's racing and breeding potential, lovely pedigree. And look, I think, I think she'll be one of the headline acts. Um, Needle Lace is a half to Rosalian. Obviously, the Group One winner, the Jean-Luc Lagardère winner, and uh, my last, my last highlight. What would that be? Oh, it would have to be Cachet, probably a Guineas winner in the Classic session. winner yeah, in the sales. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be exciting, and that's just touching the surface. Later on, you got Relief Rally, Rogue Millennium. Could be here all day talking about them, <laughs> but um, but no, the session's broken down into into two parts. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we're offering eighty-three lots in total. 
there'll be 21 lots on the Monday and, and 62 on the Tuesday. So you know, plenty to get involved and stuck into, we hope. And then um, obviously the December sales broken into two parts, really. We got all three nearly, we got the yearlings and then the foals as well as the mares. But on, on the foal side, I mean, one part I look forward to is just seeing the the, the first produce of, of, of this first season size and... Um, Anything in particular at the fall sales you're looking forward to seeing? And I'm sure you'll get to see plenty. Definitely. I think it's an exciting, an exciting time for everyone. Everybody's wondering what the foals from these first season sires are going to be looking like, whether they're stamping their stock. A particular sire I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the produce of is Lucky Vega. It's a classic place, son of Lope de Vega, Group 1 winner as a juvenile on the Phoenix Stakes. Um, from what I've heard as an individual, He's a, a very handsome sort with a good walk. And look, I think with Zhang Yusheng being around the, the sales and that Yulong team backing him, he, he's going to have a great chance going forward. So they'd be the ones I'm particularly looking forward to. When I, when I was out in Ireland back in July, we'll, we'll go out, um, a lot of Tatsil's employees will go out to farms in Ireland and have a look at the foals and see a few of the nicer foals that you know, we want to bring over to Tats and I, I went to Peter Nolan's and saw a lovely Lucky Vega there uh, out of Dame Hester. She sells on the Friday, so she'll be she'll be a foal to look out for. Right, well, um, thanks for coming on, Fred, and hopefully we'll see plenty over the next few weeks. Cheers, guys. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you to Freddie McKibben and Izzy Paul for joining us on the podcast. Uh, Jake and I felt like we've learned a lot from the two. And don't forget that application's open for the Godolphin Flying Start um, on December 1st. Um, we've been your hosts um, on the Leading to Success podcast and see you on the next episode.